0: welcome back everyone to this week's torah for the earth audio essay i'm your host charlie forbes and this week i'll be addressing the dual reading of parashat matot which is hebrew for tribes and parashat must which is hebrew for journeys parashat matot begins by discussing the vows and oaths that an individual can make and the subsequent conditions which allow for their annulment there is also a huge battle against Midian, and laws are given for how to divide the spoils of war, alongside the laws for koshering utensils. The tribes of Reuben and Gad request to settle in the land east of the Jordan River. Moshe initially rejects the request, but then later accepts, provided the condition that those tribes lead the Israelites into battle. Parashat Massey summarizes the route that the Israelites took on their 40-plus year journey from Egypt to Eretz Yisrael, 42 stops in all. This is an allusion to the 42-letter name of God and the great mystical secrets embedded in our own personal pilgrimage through space and place. The boundaries of Eretz Yisrael are also given, cities of refuge are discussed, and the daughters of Tzalafchad marry into the tribe of Manasseh to retain the portions of the land that they inherited from their father. This dual portion concludes the Book of Numbers and sets the scene for a special book, the Book of Deuteronomy, which is occasionally referred to as Mishneh Torah or the repetition or explanation of Torah. In chapter 31 verse 8 during the Battle of Midian, We read that Balaam was slain with a sword. If you remember back to Parashat Balak, Balaam was working to construct a lethal curse to ruin the nation of Israel. He was commissioned by Balak, the king of Moab, because he was a prophet and necromancer whose medium of power was speech. It was in his mouth that he had power, and he worked to curse and wield Lashon Hara, this is evil tongue against the Jews. Rabbi Isaac Luria, the famous 16th century Kabbalist, teaches that after Balaam's death, he was reincarnated into a rock. The explanation for this was that a rock, an inanimate object, is non-speaking. And in order to initiate his tikkun, a repair of his soul, Balaam had to repair the relationship he had with speaking in Kabbalistic philosophy there are four different types of punishment which are called Gilgulim through which a person can reincarnate and for Balaam to repair the sins of his previous lifetime and to better his soul he was sent into the realm of the non-speaking in Hebrew domain first of all it can be misleading to reduce the type of Gilgul that a person must undergo by considering it a form of punishment. The doctrine of Gilgul is premised upon the purification and ascent that the soul needs to connect with God. Secondly, our instinct is to assume that reincarnation into a rock is incarnation into an inferior realm. The sages state that he, Balaam, was equal to Moshe. He was a great soul, and this points to the incredibly high potential of nature. Balaam was reincarnated into a rock. He was sent into nature to reshape, reform, and reconstruct his soul. This points to the idea that God is working through nature to enact tikkun. It's not that nature is so low. In the case of Balaam, it actually seems to be the opposite. To heal his transgressions, Alam must go back to the earth, like being made from the dust, where he can rectify his previous sins. The message in this Kabbalistic teaching is quite beautiful, and it's also quite ecological because the natural world is what heals our spiritual impurities. In chapter 35, we begin reading about the 48 cities that are given to the Levites. Because the tribe of Levi didn't inherit any land, these Levitical cities served as a place for the Levites to dwell, and six of these cities included cities of refuge. These were sanctuaries whereby someone who accidentally committed murder could find a safe haven from those seeking to avenge the death. There is of course much to be said about the social justice components of cities of refuge. But there's also an interesting ecological element to the Levitical cities, which are given by the tribes to the Levites from their hereditary holdings. All of the 48 cities were commanded to have open spaces. We read, command the children of Israel that they shall give to the Levites, from the heritage of their possession, cities for dwelling, and open space for the cities all around them. Their open space shall be for their animals, for their wealth, and for all their needs. This is chapter 35, verses 2 to 3. The three uses for the open spaces that are mentioned for animals, wealth, and needs are designated pieces of land that are set aside for the welfare of working animals for the sheep and cattle that sustain the livelihood of those not currently serving in the base Hamikdash, this is the holy temple in Jerusalem, and for other needs, such as beehives or structures to house pigeons and doves. Building on the back of a theme from last week, with Parashat Pinchas, animal agriculture is having a horrendous effect on the health of the planet, but built into the very structure, the very fabric of Levitical cities, are designated areas that are designed to maintain the health of animals. These were not simply dwelling places for the Levites, they exposed other Israelites to a way of life that elevated their spiritual reality. The obligation of the Levites was to maintain a condition of being that could infuse the rest of the nation with a sense of spiritual accountability. The Levites, and even further the Kohanim and the Gadol were intermediaries between the material and the divine and had special duties, in other words a responsibility, to set an example. Proportionally, the size of the city in comparison to the open land and the fields and vineyards which surrounded the city represents the spiritual significance of open space. Rashi also adds that quote this land was kept open and undeveloped for the beautification of the town end quote the ecological significance of open space in levitical cities is not something we can overlook it's an integral part of maintaining a genuine spiritual sensibility and connection with god this concludes the book of numbers and with this we say Chazak Chazak Vanit Chazik. Thank you all for listening. That's all for now, and I'll catch you next week.